I wonder the day how you entered the parking lot. How you drove into the parking lot. Maybe you shouldn't describe that to me, right? But how you came in, how you parked, how you got out, how you walked in to the house. Because in the manner in which we walk in has a lot to do with the manner in which we encounter Him. Let me say that again. In the manner in which we walk in has a lot to do with the encounter we have with Him. See, I can go to a football game and walk in one way, but it shouldn't be the same walk in as I walk into the house of Hey guys, this is Pastor Tommy. Thanks for joining us today at the Church at Bushland. Man, we pray that your faith will be encouraged and inspired from today's message. I want to welcome our church online and let's just be honest, since it's a four-day weekend and there's a lot of sickness, I want to welcome my church online. There's a bunch, all right? So good to have everyone here. Even you join us online. Thanks for being here. You are our church. You are here, uh, even though you may be somewhere else, but we're grateful that you're here uh, thankful for Nick covering Pax. Pax sick today. Uh, so grateful for our worship team. So I'm going to begin a uh, really just kind of a quick two-part uh, series called The Altar. I'll do it to this week and next week as well. The Altar. Just a word alone you don't hear often in the church. Many churches today don't really make a big deal about The Altar. For many, they just skipped that time. I have no idea how you can skip a time called the altar with the encountering of God, but they do. If you remember Abraham, when he took his son Isaac and he built an altar and he said to his servants, we will be back. He had no idea. But the altar is a place of sacrifice. It's a place of dying to an extent. And I'm gonna go into it this week, kind of set it up, and then we're going more deep next week into the altar, what that looks like, why it represents Christ, why it is an encounter with God, where, where it is where you meet with God. But I wanna start this morning with a simple question. Does God want to meet with me? Now that we got the church answer out of the way, let's get the real answer. Does God want to meet with me? Think about that for a little bit. Does God mm, want to meet with me? For some of us, you know what we're saying? Heck no, he doesn't want to meet with me. If he knew who I was, he wouldn't want to meet with me. If he knew what I did, what I looked at, what I thought about, what I said, how I said it, to whom I said it to, oh no, he don't want to meet with me, Jeff. He don't want to meet with me. He doesn't want to meet with me. Can I say something to you? Yes, he does. Let me say it to you again because you might be West Texas hard-headed. Yes, he does. But he don't want to meet with me like this. Yes, he does. 
He wants you to take the crap of your life and meet with him. He wants you to take the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the anger, the stubbornness, the pride, the selfishness, the meanness, the hatefulness that you have, the words that come out of your mouth. He wants all those lips that operate that, that tongue that spews that poison. And he says, come to me, my child. Just come meet with me. And it'll all go away. It'll all go away. If you just come meet with me. Does God want to meet with me? Yes, without a doubt. From the beginning of time, he has prepared an encounter with you and still loves it today. The question really is, do I want to, do I want to meet with him? Do you want to meet with him? Do you? I'll go ahead and tip his hand today. He's here tonight. He's here right now. He's here right now. Right now. You can miss him today or you can encounter him today. The choice is ours. Greatest thing he ever gave man was choice. Mm. Sometimes the ugliest thing he ever gave man was choice. He's here. And no matter where you find yourself, what your wheat looked like, even how you entered your car and entered the house today, he wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you, man. So I wanna begin this by showing you a picture. This picture that I'm showing you on the big screen, you don't see it a lot today. It's sad, but you don't see it a lot. This is a tabernacle. In the Old Testament, the tabernacle was the dwelling place of God. It's where you came to meet with God. This was a sacred place, a holy place designed by God. Each person, if they wanted to come into the, sanction, come into the tabernacle and meet with God, there are seven steps, seven stations or altars, if you want to call them, that they would stop at in order to get all the way to the back to the Holy of Holies. We don't have to do this anymore. And that's sad. Because I'm going to say something to you. We've lost something. Because we've got this thing now that Jesus, you know, Jesus did all that for us. And now he became the sacrifice. And he, he tore the curtain. And now we have access. And we can just come to the Father. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm not down in that. But what I'm saying is, we don't know how to approach God and we don't know how to come in anymore. We don't know. We don't know these steps. And I'm gonna walk you through them because each of these steps, each of these stations is an encounter with God that leads to a deeper encounter in a deeper encounter in a deeper encounter. In each one of those encounters, there's a depth that the Lord does in a believer that nothing else can do. And we don't have it anymore. We live in DoorDash world. We live in Starbucks latte world. And we come to church almost the same way. 
I'm going to walk through these because they lead us to altars, to sacrifices, to places where we get stripped down, but we also get deeper as individuals. Paul said, I would love to give you ribeye, but unfortunately, I have to keep a bottle in your mouth. It's not what he wants for a believer. He wants us to grow up in the knowledge of the Lord, in the fear and knowledge of the Lord. So the first station, if you want to call it that, is called the outer courts. The outer courts is the outside of the tabernacle. As you walk into the tabernacle, you're in the outer courts. It would be kind of like uh, pulling into the parking lot here, walking up to the house of worship. It is a place of thanksgiving. It is a place of praise, okay? Psalm 100, verse four says this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Romans 1 reminds us what happens when we forget to say thank you. It said that they know, they, even though they knew God, mm, their hearts were far from him. Their thinking became futile and it became hard and dark. I wonder today how you entered the parking lot. How you drove into the parking lot. Maybe you shouldn't describe that to me, right? But how you came in, how you parked, how you got out, how you walked in to the house. Because in the manner in which we walk in has a lot to do with the manner in which we encounter him. Let me say that again. In the manner in which we walk in has a lot to do with the encounter we have within. See, I can go to a football game and walk in one way, but it shouldn't be the same walk in as I walk into the house of the Lord. I'm there to encounter a football game, a little pigskin, a little mud and dirt, but in here I'm walking into the house of worship. I'm walking into a tabernacle, walking into a house of worship to meet what with God, to have an encounter with God. How did you come up today? How did you walk in today? You said, well, Jeff, if you, if you knew my week, you wouldn't say thank you. you, wouldn't, you there's nothing to praise about. It's bad. It's a hard week. That's when you should thank him the most. You didn't go through that tough week by yourself. He was with you all the way. As you walk up to the worship center, as you walk into the, down that sidewalk, as you walk through the parking lot, as you come into the courts, as you come into the foyer area, what's on your mind? What, what, how do you come in? Is it coming in with thankfulness? Is it coming in with praise? Is it coming in with, man, I get to encounter God today. All right, where's the coffee? For most of us, it's where's the coffee? And sometimes we're, we're several, uh, we're several kind of songs in before we ever have an encounter with God, if we ever get there. And it's a lot to do with how we come in. Are you coming into the courts? Are you coming into church in a, in a thankfulness, in, in, in an attitude of praise? That's what they did. That's what they did. We miss that. We miss that. We just fly in sometimes. We just fly in. The second area, the second station or altar that they came to 
was a brazen altar. It's basically an altar of sacrifice. Back then in the Old Testament, they had to take an animal to give sacrifice to God. They brought an animal, goat, a lamb, calf, whatever the case may be. They brought it, okay? That was their sacrifice. We know today on this side of the cross that Jesus became the spotless lamb for us. He took our place on Calvary. He died for us. He became the sacrifice for us. But listen to me. We do that. We, we take communion and we, we do moments of communion. We do this and we say this. We do this in remembrance of him. Do we understand the sacrifice he made for us to have an encounter with God? Do you understand what he did for us so that we can come in and, and, and sup with him and he with us? We can have conversation with God. We can meet with God. He was the sacrifice. We don't have to bring the animal anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. Do we need to do that anymore? Yes. See, without that, we just walk in and sometimes we don't even think about the cross. We just go live however we want to and we don't understand the severity and the ugliness of the cross, the thorns, the sword, the whipping, the cat of nine tails, all of that stuff, all those nails through his hands and his feet that he died for us. He hung in our place. He took our place. That's the sacrifice that he made for us. And he did that because he loved us. That's why he, we know he wants to meet with us. Doesn't matter who we are, what we look like, smell like, act like. Doesn't matter. He said, I love you this much. Put them in my hands. And he put them in there. And sometimes we enter church and we don't even think about the cross when we walk in. We don't think about it. If we thought about the cross as much as we think about coffee, we'd be different. May not be as as awake, but would be different. What I'm saying is how you enter has a whole lot with the encounter that you will have. How you enter has a lot to do with the encounter you will have. Do you remember the cross? The sacrifice made. See, each time they came in, my friends, look at that. Each time they came in, you... Look at the design. You cannot miss that spot. You, you can't. Blind man gonna run into that spot. Why? You can't miss that spot. You can't miss that cross. You can't miss the cross. You miss the cross, you're in the hope. There's nothing. If you're in the room today or joining us online and you have yet to have an encounter with the cross and be made new, you're in a good house today. You're in a good house. Because my friend, there's a reason that that altar is sitting where it is. There is one, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the encounter through which you encounter God. We don't even think about it sometimes. 52 Sundays of the year is what we got. And sometimes we enter the house through the parking lot and through the sidewalk, not even ready for worship. We barge in here with a cup of coffee and we're stirring it two songs in. We hadn't thought about the cross, hadn't thought about Jesus, hadn't thought about nothing. We're just thankful to be here. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love you being here. But we miss something, my friends, when we don't do these steps. I'm thankful we don't have to. 
But in a way, we have to incorporate these steps in our lives because if we will, there will be a depth to us that we can't get any other way. Any other way. The third is this, a laver. A laver. A laver was simply a bowl of water. Okay? Just a bowl of water. It was for cleansing and preparing. Listen to me. It was for cleansing and preparing. Okay? Romans 12.1 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. There is worship before worship. Understand? There is worship before worship. If my worship before worship is not right, it needs to get right. What I said going down Santi about that driver needs to be repented of before I say this about Jesus. Why don't we know that guy? He still can't drive. He needs to go back to his own country. No, he lives here and he's trying to figure out driving here and you really can't drive either, but you're not honest about who you are. What I'm saying is we, we excuse ourselves and hold other people to a, to a level we don't, we don't even hold ourselves. We don't look at our own sin. We just look at everybody else's. We don't say, well, they're not holy. He says your spiritual act of worship is your body. And sometimes, my friend, we're not cleansed and prepared and ready for worship because we just carry it all in with us. All the things you say, whether it's your kids, your wife, your husband, coworkers, driving, all the things you look at, all the things you see, all the things you let in your house, let in your bedroom, look at on your phone, all the stuff you know you do all week, you don't even deal with it. There's no cleansing. There's no preparation for an encounter with a living God that can change your life and take you where you are today to where you never thought you could be. We don't even, we just come in. Boy, God, I'm here. Check it off. Here. Aren't you glad I'm in church? I'm very glad you're in church. Would you like to have an encounter with me? No, I'm busy. I'm busy. Let's just get this thing gone so I can go. I got a lot to do. We miss God. They didn't miss him. They came through every station. Every station they stopped at. Does it hurt to stop sometimes and repent? Mm -hmm. Does it hurt sometimes to stop and confess that you did this, said this, acted this way? Yes. But the hurt or the pain that you might think it causes doesn't compare to the results of what it could be for a lifetime. Sin will always take you further than you wanna go. It will leave you longer than you wanna be and it will cost you more than you wanna pay, my friend. Sin is a big deal. Sin is a big deal. And they had a place. Enter the courts with thanksgiving, understand the brazen tabernacle, uh, altar of sacrifice, okay? And then the next was cleansing and preparation. Because they know that the sacrifice brought blood and the blood brought cleansing. Jesus was the sacrifice, his blood brought what? Cleansing, and still does today. The blood of Jesus is not dry. It's still wet and still cleanses and makes you white as snow today. 
today. The fourth station, the candlestick, big candlestick, had a base, had seven arms that came from it, seven candlesticks on it, seven flames were represented. What was the fire of that flame represent? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit represented there, all right? John 16, seven says this, but I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It is no accident, my friends, by the God of creation, that the candlestick had seven candles with seven flames representing the Holy Spirit. And there's no accident, there are seven days of the week. And each of those days of the week represent a day of the week that you need to be covered and filled and in step with the Holy Spirit of God. Because if you're gonna operate as a believer in this world that's so jacked up, messed up, and muffed up, you better have the Holy Spirit illuminating the things you see or you're gonna get your chili smoked. Big time. Holy Spirit, the greatest gift given to the church, little and corporate, the greatest gift given. They understand the importance of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God comforts you, yes, but it guides you, it directs you, all right? It gives fresh revelation to the Word. The Holy Spirit is the power that the believer has to be all that God calls him to be. And you cannot do Monday without the Holy Spirit of God. You can't do Tuesday, you can't do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, period, without the Holy Spirit of God. The greatest thing you can do is when your feet hit the ground, when you get out of bed, say, Holy Spirit, fill me fresh. Fill me fresh. Because I am going to need you today. I'm going to need you today. The Holy Spirit's the greatest gift. And they knew it. And it was a station. It was an altar. It was a place to encounter God. And it still is today. Still is today. What a great prayer before you get out of your car. A prayer of cleansing and a prayer that says, Father, fill me with the Holy Spirit fresh as I walk into your house of worship that I would encounter you. Mm. Start praying that prayer. Then walk in and see what God does. We miss something when we don't walk through these stations. I promise you. We missed something. The fifth one is this, a table of showbread. There's 12 loaves of bread, 12 tribes. The 12 breads represented the word of God. Joshua 1.8 says this, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I like those two words, but how do I do that? I meditated on that word day and night. There's a reason that the Holy Spirit precedes the word of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit illuminates the word of God. It gives fresh revelation to the word of God. You can't do it the opposite way. The Holy Spirit's the one that shows you and brings fresh revelation. A gentleman in our, our, our church, after he got saved, he said, when I used to read the Bible before I got saved, it was like reading a newspaper. 
lot of print, didn't understand it. After he got saved, he said, the Holy Spirit just illuminates the word of God now. It comes alive in my life. Things I read before, I didn't even understand. They jump off the page and grab me. That's what the Holy Spirit does to the word of God. That's what's so important about the word of God in your life. Where are you today with the word of God? Where is the word of God in your life? Is it a cup holder? Paperweight? Some in your car? Or is it something that's sitting in an altar waiting on you? each morning, each evening, each day at lunch, whenever. The Word of God is the greatest book you can ever open up and invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God and let it come alive in your life. And many of you in here, y'all sitting like, we done gone through five stations, preacher. You ain't talked about worship one time. No, you ain't talked about no worship. Where is the worship? About to get to the worship. But you gotta get to the worship in its place, Right? Number six is this, the altar of incense. Worship is represented by this, this, this small bowl or altar and it had incense of worship that came from it. It was a burning incense that stood at the entrance. This altar represented worship and the pleasure it gives God when we worship him. Watch this, when we worship him. See, that's what, is a little bit confusing for the church because we want to worship all right, the songs, the musicians, the, the way it makes me feel. No, we don't, we, don't, we don't worship that way. We worship to him. We don't sing to ourselves. We don't sing to the worship guy. We sing to him. Worship is to him. And see, the burning incense is, a, is the incense is rising to him. You know the song, day and night, night and day. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. See, too many times we come to church and we want our favorite song sung, so when it's not sung, we're like, yeah. Not my day to day, they ain't seen no songs I like. And then we come to church sometimes and Paxton's like singing all the songs you like. You're like, woo, I love Paxton, all right? Daisy doesn't do it, you're like, boo, Paxton, all right? <laughs> That's not what worship is. It doesn't matter the song, it's to whom it's for. Connect with him and he'll change everything in your game. Churches today, mm, I don't know what's going on. Is it the Oscars? Is it the Grammys? What, what's going on in these churches? Entertainment is, is the threshold today. The wow factor and, and, and entertainment and swinging some drummer across the worship center. I don't care if my drummer can swing from a cable. I just want to know if my drummer can lead me into an encounter with a living God that changed my life. The church can't entertain like the world. It can't keep up with the world. But the church can lead a worship service that leads its worshipers into an encounter with God that'll change their life forever. We have got to, as a church, moving forward in this world, get back to the basics. We gotta worship to him. And we gotta come in in the right way to encounter a living God that'll change our lives. Because it ain't gonna get any prettier out there. 
But no matter how dark it gets, the light will always have a place. And if we get dark, if we don't get it right in here, whew, how are we going to make an impact out there? Worship is a big deal. Proverbs 18, 10 says this, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. So let me ask you, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Is that the presence of your house? Is that what permeates the air in your house? If we will create our home as a sanctuary and let the incense of worship permeate our homes, we will leave from that home, we get in automobiles. You dedicate those automobiles as an incense of, to, to, of worship to the Lord. Let nothing in those vehicles do anything other than worship the Lord. You come from worship, in worship, to worship. Make sense? And when you do that, when you do that, you give the enemy no place to take traction in your life. Some of us do not create a sanctuary at home. Our vehicles are not sanctuaries. And so we enter a house of worship all jacked up and messed up trying to have an encounter with God. And we're three songs in before we ever worship. And the song is over on number four. And Jeff stands up and you're like, well, I don't even know. Check it out. I got a busy Monday. And that's it. That's it. House of worship has to be prepared to enter. The last is this. In all six of these stations or altars, the last one is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is a place of intercession, okay? The final place in a tabernacle was a holy of holies where God's presence dwelled. When you get to the holy of holies, it is you and God. I asked you earlier, does God want to meet with me? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Old Testament, he did. New Testament, he does. Made a tabernacle, created steps to get to him, and you can meet with him in the Holy Holies. In the New Testament, he said, a tabernacle will be your heart. Jesus will be your sacrifice so you can have a relationship with me. When you get to the Holy of Holies, man, Mm. Woo. You've been there, some of you. You had that moment where you know you're in the presence of the Lord. You have no idea what time it is. You don't even know where you're at and you have no clue who's sitting by you anymore. You get lost in what? You get lost in him. You get lost in him. You're totally lost in him. Totally lost. Exodus 14 14 says this, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Some of you in here, you're fighting stuff. Got some big old giants in your life. Big stuff. Some of you are burdened with stuff. If you'll read the verse above that, Exodus 14, 13, you will know this is Moses. The Red Sea with the Egyptians coming. And he says to the people, you wait right here. You're about to see the deliverance of the Lord. You look at those Egyptians. Those Egyptians you see today, you're about to see no more. <laughs> no more. And then he says, verse 14, 
All you have to do is just stand still in my presence. Get in my presence, and you're about to see it happen. Some of you are walking in here with marriage stuff. It's hard. It's heavy. It, it suffocates you and chokes you out sometimes, all right? Some of you are walking in here with anxiety that's through the roof, and you're popping pills like crazy. God did not design you to do that. Some of you can't sleep at night. Proverbs 3 says that the Lord will be my confidence and my sleep will be sweet. What I'm saying is, I'm not picking on you. What I'm saying is the greatest place you can find yourself is the presence of the Lord. When you get to the presence of the Lord and when his fullness and all he is is just overcome, it just, it just takes you over, man. It's all you can do. All of that other stuff, all those Egyptians of anxiety and fear and financial stuff and marriage stuff and, and health stuff, it just, he says to you, you're about, you see it, it's about to go away. Why is it gonna go away? Am I, is, is, is it gonna disappear? No, it's gonna be overcome by the presence of the Lord. He's gonna make it disappear. And while you enjoy his presence, he's gonna go to work for you. We run a lot of places, we don't run to him. And we miss it. I want you to go to your Bible real fast. Go to Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah chapter six. Look at verse one. Isaiah six, one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted. Watch this. In the train of his robe, Filled the temple. Mm. Above, above him were serpents, each with six wings. Two wings that covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another. Mm. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. They were calling to each other. Sound like church. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Did you catch above? His, mm, the train of his robe filled the temple. Let me ask you, church. Is he here? He's here. He'd been here. He was here in the first service. He just hung out, waited on you. As we worshiped, worship ushers in his presence. The Holy Spirit fell. Is speaking right now. The king has walked in. He walked in the house, man. He's coming down these aisles and up that aisle, and down that aisle, and down this aisle. And his robe, the train of it, fills the temple, fills it. And he's doing it so that you would encounter him and connect with him. He don't want you to miss him. Don't want you to miss him. 
You see? Do you see? For when you see him, all that stuff pales, fades away. Because there's no sweeter place in all the world than in the presence of the Lord. No sweeter place. He's here. He's here. He wants to meet you just like you are. You're like, no, he doesn't, Jeff. Yes, he does. He ain't gonna like, he ain't gonna like it. Yes, he will. He loves you. Just a little bit, we're gonna stand. We're doing a little altar, a little different now. There used to be a couple of couples staged to my left and right. They used to watch y'all sing and y'all used to watch them stare at you. Very awkward. It's true. They're not up here anymore. We've designated a place in the back. Sometimes it's easier to go to the back. So like if a man's sitting in here and he says, man, I need to go pray with that guy. Man to man, go pray. Woman, you may be sitting in here as a wife and a mom. You're like, a dude can't pray for me. <laughs> it's mom stuff. Then go to mom. Go to mom. This up here. This is Jesus. Just Jesus. It's just Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at a young lady. She moved physically. And it changed her life forever. Sometimes we have to move in the physical to have a spiritual encounter. So right here, his robe, the train of it is all down here. The king's here. His name is Jesus. And we can have an encounter with him. We can walk out and tell ourselves we're fine. That choice he gave to me and you. I'm gonna invite you to stand, church. I just feel like I need to say this. I, I've never, I've never really told this. I didn't even tell the first service. They'd probably feel ripped off when they see this later. We used to live in this barn house over here, this white and black one. That's where we were when Melissa got her second diagnosis of cancer in 2016. We beat it in nine, came back seven years later in 16. We were not ready for it. It was bad. It was mean. I wasn't ready for it. And so I used to take these little walks down this dirt road over to this barn. Remember that? If you're familiar, there's a kind of a rundown, kind of fallen down barn over there to the side of it. That became my little walking place. And so one time I was really struggling with, I said, God, I know you can do miracles. I, I know you can, but I need you to, I need you to help my unbelief. 
And so gentle as he is, so kind, he said, Jeff, I'm not gonna help your unbelief. I'm gonna heal it. Because if I help it, you're gonna have to come back for my help some more. But if I heal that in you, you'll never come again. You'll just believe me and trust me. And so that day, there were two fire, there were two big old logs that had been cut about this round. And I saw them, I've seen them before. And I took one, I set it there. I took one and set it there. It was an old broken up two by 12. Don't even know what it was used for. And I set it on top of those two logs. And I made myself an altar. And I got on my knees in that dirt. And I leaned my forehead down on that old nasty piece of wood. And I said, God, that's my girl, man. Can't do this church thing without her. I can't. I'm lost without her, man. You put us together for a reason. We came out of here on faith and and this church had 18 people. I don't want to do this by myself. I can't do this by myself. God, you got to do this, man. You got to do this. And he said to me, you got to die. You got to die, Jeff. You got to let her go. You got to let her go, man. She's mine. She's mine before yours. You got to let her go. And so that day, it was hot, man, hot, not sweating, wet. My legs are wet and dirt sticking to me. I look terrible. I said, God, she's yours. I, I, I give up. I give up. I trust you. I don't know. If you take her, you take her. If you don't, you don't. I, 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 I don't have her anymore. She's yours. And I got up, man, like I've never got up before. I got up free. I got up light. I didn't know, I didn't know how it was gonna end, but I knew he had her and he had me and he had the church and I just trusted him. And there's some people in here that need to let something go. Just let it go, let it go. And I want you to come this morning to the altar and meet with Jesus and just lay down whatever you're carrying because there's never been a sweeter place you can be than in the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord. So we're gonna worship. If you need to go to the back, my pastors are back there as well. You can go. This app here, this is freedom. Just come, just come. I'm gonna pray for us. Father, we love you. God, everywhere in Scripture you find healing, there's always honesty first. So God, may we be honest with ourselves today, where we are. You're the healer. You can do whatever you want to do. So God, we die to ourselves. We step out physically because sometimes when we move in the physical, we open up the spiritual. So God, may we have a fresh encounter with a living God right now for your glory, your glory only. Holy Spirit, move us now. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today here at the Church at Bushland Online. Hey, if you were inspired by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Just drop a message in the comments or you could email us at info at bushland.com. We'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. Also, man, if there's anything we could agree for in prayer with you guys, just text the word pray to 806-557-1800. We believe there's power in agreement 
um, with the Lord. And so um, if we could pray for you, just do that for us. Um, and if you'd like to connect further with us through social media, uh, just search the church at Bushland. You can find out more things that are coming up here um, and get involved that way. And then if you'd like to plan a visit, uh, we'd love to see you face-to-face. -face. We have services here, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. You can go to our website, thechurchatbushland.com, and plan that visit, and we look forward to meeting you that way. Finally, man, just thanks again for joining us. Pray your faith was encouraged, and we look forward to journeying with you in the days ahead. So have a blessed day.